Hey guys, this is Richie, and you're listening to Caffeinated Creators with your host, Jake. Fueled by Richie's Coffee from Richie's Cafe, located at Cardinal Landing on 10th and Montgomery. Thanks, Richie. This episode of Caffeinated Creators is sponsored by Richie's Cafe. Drop in and try Richie's new menu of specialty coffee drinks, paninis, sandwiches, and even waffles. My favorite waffle is the Nutella Strawberry Banana. It is so good, I can't even begin to tell you guys. You have to try it for yourself. Richie's Cafe will keep you caffeinated for whatever you create. Visit iloverichies.com for more information. Now, on to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Caffeinated Creators Podcast, the podcast that gives you a glimpse into the lives of rising video and TV creators. Today is a special In the Newsroom episode. I'm your returning host, Jake Zebley, drinking a cup of coffee at the Comcast Technology Center in Philadelphia with today's guest. Before I let him speak, let me give you a rundown of who our In the Newsroom guest is. Our guest is an alumnus of Michigan State University, where he graduated in 2015 with a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism with a specialization in broadcast. He is a bilingual news reporter for both NBC10 and Telemundo 62, serving Philadelphia and the surrounding region. While a student at MSU, he was the main anchor for Focal Point News and MSU News. Additionally, he was the MC for Open Mic Nights. He is a passionate reporter who is killing the game at the ripe age of 26. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Miguel Martinez Valle. Hey, how's it going? It's going really well. How are you? I'm doing well. I just got back in from the streets, so trying to stay dry. Where, where are the streets? Where were you this morning? So Philadelphia, we were in Center City, actually over closer to Old City. Uh, it's obviously raining. Our story didn't have anything to do with the rain, but I had to go live outside. So we got a little wet, but glad to have a roof over my head. So what did you have for breakfast? For breakfast. So as you know, a morning shift. Uh, in between the 6 a.m. shows, the next show we have is 11. So today we didn't really have an interview planned out until 9 a.m. We had a few hours. We went to a diner right by City Hall. I can't remember the name, but I had uh, just a, it's called a farm omelet. It's like ham and... That's like a pretty standard diner food name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love diners. We try to go to a different one. Augie, my photographer, and I every what, morning. What is your favorite diner that you've been to? Mm, we go to Coventry a lot, which is up on market. Coventry's great. There's one on Fitzwater. It's called The Fitzwater. Amazing. And then the other day we were up in the burbs, the Philadelphia suburbs, and it was like a random diner, but it was like very 1960s style. And they were playing NBC 10 on all the TV. So it was cute because we walked in and they were like, you were just on TV. And I was like, <laughs> I'm very hungry. <laughs> um, anyway, so talk about a little bit about you. You know, where are you from? Where did you go to high school? Sure. So obviously my name is uh, Miguel Martinez Valle. I was born in Mexico, but I grew up in Michigan. And so I went to South Line High School in Michigan, went to Michigan State. Uh, for college and then I got my first job in Las Vegas. So I went there before here. How long did you live in Michigan for? So I moved to the United States when I was five. I moved out of Michigan when I was 21. I'm also terrible at math. So that <laughs> so amount of I. years. <laughs> I always say I'm a media major. So That's honestly, I don't, I have a calculator on my phone. I don't need to do math all the time. What made you choose MSU? Michigan State was, it's 45 minutes away from my home. Um, they had a really good broadcasting program. A lot of my friends went there. And it just, um, you know, like one of a few of my really good friends were there and they re recommended it. Did you dabble in any other schools or did you know MSU was going to be the one? I was going to go to U of M, so University of Michigan or Central Michigan. Um, both of them, have, well, Central has a really good broadcasting program, but it's a little too far. And 
University of Michigan has a journalism program, but they didn't necessarily have like a specific broadcasting one. And so that's, I knew that that's what I wanted to go into. So I kind of mentioned the activities that you did earlier, you know, you were the main anchor on the news and like Mm -hmm. kind of talk about some of the activities and you know, like what you did. Yeah. So I did Focal Point, which was the Michigan State News. I was the anchor there, but we also reported, we did our own packages. So I did that my senior year of college, but I did an internship at Home TV, which was in Okemos. It was the township right next to it. And so it was like township news. We would literally go to like city planning meetings yeah. and you know, the like streets department, riveting stuff, as I'm sure you know, Riving. very, very exciting journalism. But it was where I first got on air experience. So that was my junior year of college. I did that. We would go live summarizing the meeting and it really got me good at live tweeting. It got me good at summarizing information, but that's also the first time I picked up a camera and learned to like shoot and edit because I was at MMJ for a little bit. Uh, I learned all those skills at home TV. And then by the time I got to focal point, I already knew how to do everything, which is why they were like, all right, we'll just make you the anchor. What did you do outside of like focal point and the news there and your internship? Yeah, so other than internships and uh, focal point journalism, I mean, I lived with my best friends. So we had a house of six people that we all went to high school together. We ended up living together in college, which was super fun. So I'd hang out with them. Uh, I worked for a little bit, well, mostly at my internship, but for a little bit, I worked at the at a Mexican restaurant there. Um, and then I worked at like Hollister for a second. I was a floor model. It's pretty cool. <laughs> A live mannequin. <laughs> live mannequin. I would fold shirts every once in a while. And um, I did open mic nights. So I was the MC for that, which I thought was a lot of fun. And I gave the tours at college, like at Michigan State. MSU, you knew it was the one. You kind of looked around at the others. But even before that, taking a step back from the whole college thing, what made you get into journalism and like broadcasting as a whole? So... Uh, in middle school, I read the announcements over the loudspeakers, like the, the PA, you know, um, and I loved reading the announcements. I thought it was so cool that, like, I got to tell people what was for lunch or, you know, if there was a school dance or, like, a activity after school, and I loved it, um, and it was so funny because the first time I did it, I was in seventh grade, and I... Like, my voice hadn't dropped. Like, I was probably so annoying to listen to. But then it, at the end of eighth grade, uh, thank God, puberty hit. And so my voice my <laughs> voice dropped. And people were like, wow, you have a really good voice for, for, like, broadcast. You should try to look into that. So when I got into high school, I looked at their TV classes. And they had TV1 and TV2 with Miss Spike. I remember taking her classes and just doing some super basic, you know, reports for school and so by junior year i was doing the high school news by senior year i had like an independent study because i was just i had done all the tv classes so they let me do an independent study and so i was the main anchor for my high school too but what was funny about that is i would smile the whole time so i would be talking with a constant smile which i don't know if you've ever seen anyone talk with a constant smile but it looks crazy like they look insane because it doesn't look natural. Yeah, like no one's supposed to be talking like that. Like I'm doing it right now. So I don't know why I did that. But uh, but I did. Happy I grew out of that. What kind of reports did you do in high school then? We would do reports on student organizations that had activities after school, oh, okay. right? That were raising money, that kind of thing. Like fundraisers. Fundraisers. Uh, if there was a football game, we would, you know, we would do like a, like an athlete of the week kind of thing. Um so everything we you know that really depended on what was going on i have to go back to what you said about school dances mm-hmm. i don't 
was, I guess you were still sort of in the era of school dances. Because when I was in even middle school or high school, they're fiending to get at least like 25 people to dance. Really? Yeah. Like, I, it, it kind of is like where you are. Like, some places dances are like the thing. Yeah. But in my school district where I went to high school, it no was one would e- go. Nobody. It was, it was a struggle to get 25 people to dance. So I was on student council, uh, and luckily for me in Michigan, I mean, I graduated high school in 2011. School dances for our grade were super cool because we were all really good friends. So we, it was pretty easy to get people to go, but also, fun fact, I went to every single prom. And you're only wow. supposed to go to prom uh, senior and junior year, but I got asked freshman year, and then I went sophomore year. So I went every year. To, and I think I went to every school dance in high school, which is actually kind of embarrassing. But. I said that you were a social butterfly before we started recording, and that just <laughs> further proved it. Yeah, yeah, I love socializing. <laughs> so you said everybody in your high school is really close friends. How big was your graduating class? So we had two high schools in our town. My graduating class was probably around 500, 600. The other high school was around 400. And uh, most of us were mixed. There were two middle schools as well. So we kind of knew each other. So it's almost like a joint graduating class of like 1,000. Okay. Let's jump back to the present now. So talk about kind of your resume. Where have you worked? You said you went to Vegas. You're here now. Just talk me through that. So my first job was at Unimision, where I started in Vegas. I actually got that right before I finished college. I went there for... Uh, a convention, the, uh, what is it, uh, NAB. Mm-hmm. I was doing technology reporting. I got like a little internship there and I met the news director uh, for Univision Las Vegas. And basically it was like, hey, like you should give me a job. And she was like, do you have a reel? And luckily I did for my internships, mm-hmm. um, but nothing in Spanish. So she kind of took an opportunity. Like, I mean, she took a chance on me. I was there for three months and I was like not good at Spanish when I first started. I speak Spanish with my parents and I'm fluent in it, but I couldn't write it at all. And it was really hard because it was not only my first job in broadcasting, so I had to get used to broadcast talk all the time, but also it was my first time having to write Spanish. So that was difficult. But then I transitioned over to the Fox station there, Fox 5. I was there for two years. Uh, worked with Christine Medella, who actually worked here for uh, a while, and she's the one that helped introduce me to Anzio and to Caesar, who you know, um, and then when they needed a bilingual reporter here for NBC10 and for Telemundo 62, uh, I, I applied for it and flew me out, and I just, I love the position. It was honestly, I've always wanted to do English and Spanish, and being in college, my professors were always like, you have to pick one, you can't do both. And I can't, and I did. <laughs> Look at that. And I'm doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, I would think, I don't understand why they would have told you that, because I think, well, especially in this market, bilingual is, like, in demand. Bilingual is always going to be in demand, but I think what they were thinking of is I have to pick a career path that's either going to focus on English news and focus on Spanish news, which in the past, that's how it was, because... If you think about it, NBC Telemundo, our partnership being sister stations, I mean, other stations in in the Philadelphia area, they don't have that. They don't have two different uh, news stations in one, working yeah. in one cohesive space. So it would be harder to do both because you'd be kind of technically working for competition. But us, we're, we're here, we're together, we're in the same newsroom. And so it lends itself to like a pretty easy transition of, you know, right now we're looking at the two live cameras for reporters in the news station. I can go from doing a live hit at 6 a.m. on NBC and then change my IFB, change my mic, and do a 6.15 hit for Telemundo. 
So you went from Vegas to here. So tell me about here now that you're here. Sure. Uh, so I am doing the late morning shift right now. So I get in at 4.30, usually have to be live by 6. So I'll, a typical day, I'd be live at 6 for NBC, live at 6.30 for Telemundo. If it's a story that they need more often, I could do like 6, 6.15, 6.30, 6.45. Uh, then uh, we move to either a different story, a different location, or if we're on the same story, we get a little bit of a break, or I can you know dig, do some research, whatever, until our 11 a.m. hits, 11, 11.30 for NBC, and then noon for Telemundo. I'm usually done by 12.15, and then out for the day by 12.30. So what time do you have to go to bed? So I should go to bed at 8. <laughs> I go to bed at like 10.30 or 11, okay. but my doctor yelled at me about that, so I should start getting more sleep. What's the craziest story that you've done here? Here in Philly, uh, so I've done... Or I shouldn't say just crazy. Like, what's your favorite, like, story that you've done or the one that sticks out the most in your mind? So some positive stories that I've done that really stick out. The Eagles, when they won, just reporting on Super Bowl night was insane just because everyone flooded, you know, Broad Street and being right there with everyone during that excitement. I had only been here for two months, and it was such a good introduction to the city and how passionate it is and how loud and vibrant the fans are. Uh, and it was it was intense. I mean, people were jumping on me. People were picking me up. There was a point where I was live on air and people picked me up. And wow. I was like, uh, like I kind of had to squirm down, you know. And uh, so that was, but that was such a fun experience. That was great. But I mean, I've done other impactful stories that have been, you know, I mean, I've only been in the business for well, like three, four years. And I've had to cover like two mass shootings, which were really difficult, and and it's something that keeps going. So as young journalists, you know, you don't expect that you're gonna have to cover so many of those. But unfortunately, that is, I mean, that's kind of what the reality is. Is that's a part of the the narrative. Any other stories that stick out to you? I mean, positive, negative. Let's see. So we have done. Hmm. We do, I don't know, we do so many fun stories here. Uh, especially for the morning, it, it's interesting because I'm the third reporter that comes in for the morning shift on the NBC side. Sometimes I get to do more fun kind of interactive news. Uh, so I've gotten to go live uh, for like an acapella like improv group and they kind of did a little acapella improv performance for me and that was really neat. I've gotten to do just different things that that if I was doing it, you know, the hardest stories in the morning, which I usually transition by 11, I'm doing, you know, whatever mm -hmm. the hardest hitting story is. But for the six, we had to have more fun. We've been live inside of restaurants. We've been live uh, at different like dance classes. So I don't know, you can have a lot of fun with the job. What has been the biggest challenge here at NBC or to get to where you are here? The biggest challenge when I first started was perfecting my Spanish, and by no means am I, I'm not perfect at Spanish. I mean, I make up words all the time on accident, but I'm so lucky to have such a good team on, on the Telemundo side helping me grow in my Spanish and correcting me in a way that's playful and, and more like family mm -hmm. than it feels like you're getting yelled at. So it's such a, this both sides, NBC and Telemundo, give you such space to grow and they encourage you to grow and they help you. And when I started with the NBC side, I was the youngest reporter by a, a few years. And it really felt like going from market 40 in Las Vegas to market four being Philadelphia, I was nervous, you know? It's my first time 
in this big of a city. It's my first time doing this bilingual role. And I think the team just really surrounded me with like such positive information and made sure that I was equipped to grow. And it's, it's really helped. So I appreciate that a lot. What do you do on days off? So what are your off days usually? So I got very lucky doing Monday through Friday morning. So Saturday, Sunday, usually I, I'll hang out with friends. I'll try to take a workout class uh, depending on what's available. By the way, he is dressed in workout clothes right now. This is before he goes to go do a workout. Yeah, I was thinking about doing this after the gym, but then I thought about doing it all sweaty and I was like, nope, let's do it before. Um, but yeah, I'll do a workout class or, or just come to the gym for a little bit. Uh, I love brunch. It's on all of my social media hand, like bios. I think it's on my work bio too. I love brunch. <laughs> I just love eating. I love trying new places. Um, What's your favorite type of cuisine? Mexican food. I'm biased too because I grew up with it. So I love Mexican food, but I also love Thai food. I just went to Thailand recently and the Thai food's surprisingly similar. <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes the cuisine can be so different yeah, if you actually yeah, yeah. go to the place. But love Thai food there. Love Thai food here. Uh, Indian food, Italian food. Just so food. Food in general. So you're pretty young in the game. You're only 26. Um, dare I ask if this is your dream job? Do you have any plans to like, shift around? I know the company, NBC and Telemundo, they like to grow people into different positions. Do you have any aspirations besides this? I would definitely call this a dream job in terms of, I love Philadelphia. I never thought I would live here and living here right now, it's it's amazing. Had you been to Philadelphia before? Just for my, uh, just for the interview. And then when I came here, I absolutely fell in love with it. It was incredible. Dream job in that case, dream job in terms of doing bilingual reporting, English and Spanish is something that I've always wanted to do. And that is the dream. Growth though, I would love to do network at some point. And I would love to do what I'm doing here for network. So doing NBC and doing Telemundo. And I know people do that. Like Jose Diaz-Balart is a big example of that. You know, he anchors for both. And he does amazing journalism for both. And it's he's always been one of the idols that I've kind of followed in my career. What do you have to say to people? What do you have to say to people? Um, honestly, one thing I always talk to younger people when I'm talking about journalism is to to do it if if that's something that you're interested in is creating content and you're doing it right by making this podcast but people are doing it all the time i mean if you want to report do some do some citizen reporting and i mean make sure you're being responsible about it but like create the content that you want to see out there so a lot of times we'll be in different communities that feel like the stories aren't being positive stories in their communities aren't being shared and i always say well you should reach out to someone that can share them or share them yourselves and start a blog. I had a blog during college, uh, start a YouTube channel, you know, and, and do that kind of thing so that you can have all of this content when you're ready to find a job, get involved and, and be kind of like the representation that you wish to see, tell the kinds of stories that you want to, that you want to listen to or hear or see. What's your life mantra? I guess that would be my life mantra is, uh, I mean, like... How do you live your life? I mean, like, I know that's sort of more advice. I mean, if that's what it is, right. it is. But, it, like, you know, do you have a personal saying that you've always lived by? or? So it's so cheesy, but I've always... It always sticks with me, like, be the change you want to see in the world. And I feel like I live it like that. Um, but I also... 
I say just go for it a lot too, because I like being spontaneous and I like trying new things. And during my life, every opportunity that I've been offered, I think I've been over my head in. Like, I don't know if I've been 100% there, Mm -hmm. but I've always said yes to it. And you will surprise yourself in how willing you are to grow into a position and how quickly you'll do that when it's sink or swim, you'll really step up. Yeah, because it's sink or swim. Yeah, you don't want to sink. So I'm going to backtrack real quick to what you said about start a YouTube channel. Did you start a YouTube channel at all? I wish I had. I had a YouTube that I used a lot, but it was me posting my internship things. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of standard, but I didn't know if you tried to be like no, the next YouTuber. No, a blogger or YouTuber. Yeah. Or, I wish I had. That was fun. And I did a story on like Instagrammers, um, but I always think that business of like vlogging and YouTube and influencers is so interesting. And I think it's such an opportunity. Obviously, there's so many people that are doing that now. But if you really have a niche and you really have like this specific vision, it's something that could be really interesting. So I know this is kind of a difficult question to answer because you know, you're know daily news reporter um, and you get what you're doing the day of, but what are you working on right now, right this second? So this second, there are a few things on the agenda. Friday we're doing Clear the Shelters, which I'm excited about. We're gonna be live there all morning and I love puppies and hopefully there'll be a lot of puppies there. I'm going on Saturday and I, the urge to adopt a dog. I know yeah. I can't. That would be reckless. I might come home with a dog. Like, I'm very <laughs> worried about it. And then I've also been reaching out to the Magic Gardens on South Street. Have you been? Uh, I have been by there. I have not actually been into it. You have to go in. It's gorgeous. But one of the curators there just went to Mexico. So she's been working with local artists there to bring the art here. So I want to speak to her for NBC and Telemundo because it's a story that I think could really translate well across uh, both of our stations. And then this project that I think, I mean, you've been working on with with me a lot and Vince and everyone is the Park Series, which has been so much fun. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, that's the saying. Let's go. And uh, it's just such a good opportunity to get creative and to highlight some really cool things that we have in the city, but to do it in such a like different voice than what I'm normally doing because doing the day-to-day news is so important and I love it. So like love that responsibility. Um, but because your responsibility is to inform what's going on, you don't get to show personality as much. And I love that in the park series you can, and it's mostly all guided towards personality and doing activities and, you know, like sucking at ping pong, which is what I had to do for the last one, you know, or like getting my butt kicked and kickboxing. And that was so fun. And that's something that I look forward to every time we have a shoot. I'm geeked about it. I'm super pumped. Now it's time for the question that everybody has been wondering. It is part of the name of this podcast. It is part of the premise of this podcast is, you told me before that you're a big coffee drinker. How many cups have you had today? Today, I've had three normal-sized coffees, two of them at the diner, one at my house, and then I've had a large iced coffee, which I didn't need. I just, I like iced coffee. and It's really good. Yeah, but I got the shakes from it. It's probably overkill. Mm, yeah. <laughs> So, how many have you had this week? I don't know. I mean, let's say at least twice, two a day. Let me load up the calculator, and this is normally where I say I crunch So, today numbers. I had four. Okay. And then, yesterday and Monday, I had two. Um, at least. Let's see. Two plus two. That equals eight. We can do basic math here. Yes. Yeah, so, eight by Wednesday. That's not terrible. So, then, how many would you guess on, like, a regular week? On a regular week, I would say... Monday through Sunday, probably 10. Okay. 
So then let's put that out to a year. 10 times since 52 weeks in a year. That's 520 cups. Wow. How, how long have you been drinking that, that schedule? I would say three years. I probably started right after college. So in the past three years, you have consumed about 1,500 cups of coffee. 1,500 cups of coffee. Now you know something. Uh, that I wish I didn't know. <laughs> you can walk away from this and you can say you learned something and it may not be something that you wanted to learn, <laughs> but I just gave you that information. Thank you so much. So um, do you have anything else to say? Going back to my kind of mantra or whatever that you were talking about, I think my big push has always been representation. And something that I love about working with both English and Spanish speakers is when I was little, growing up in Michigan, uh, there was never anyone that looked like me on English TV. Like, I'd have to switch over to Spanish TV to see it. And I think our station does such a beautiful job at really capturing the diversity that is the Philadelphia region, but also that's our country. And having both, you know, in Telemundo, obviously, we have uh, Latin Americans from all over, from different parts of Latin America. On NBC, we have people of all colors and backgrounds and from all different places. And I am so proud to be a part of that team. And I just think representation is so important in anything you do. Well, that's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to follow Miguel on Instagram and Twitter, Miguel M. Valle, which spelled Miguel M. V-A-L-L-E mm -hmm. for anybody uh, who was actually wondering. <laughs> follow Caffeinated Creators on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CAF Creators. And follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Jake Zebley. Signing off saying stay cool. This is Jake Zebley for Caffeinated Creators.